G'day folks, welcome to the Expedition Kayaks podcast. My name is Mark Sundon. Um, we, uh, it's a new enterprise of ours. We've, uh, we've decided we'll, we'll get on here a couple of times a month and chat to our mates, chat to, to paddlers from our neck of the woods here in Australia about their adventures, shoot the breeze about, about ocean paddling, racing, all the stuff we enjoy doing, the, the broad spectrum of, of paddling and kayaking we get up to. I'll be joined by my slightly more podcast shy mate and business partner Rob Mercer from time to time. Um, and we hope you enjoy listening to our ramblings. So it's been an interesting week around Sydney. Uh, just, just, just gone. We um, we've had a couple of really big swell events and a lot of big wind. Um, the the sea state has varied from um, absolutely apocalyptic to, to to pretty cool fun. It's, it's lit up some of our favourite play spots around the place for going for a surf and, and enjoying a little bit of downwind and, and getting out in some big winds in relatively protected places like our local bay, Botany Bay. But it did make me think um, about the kinds of weather that you'd be prepared to take on, and especially around Sydney, what you have to look out for. What, what are the factors that people need to take into consideration when they're, when they're looking to push their limits? <clears throat> I think um, I think something in our neck of the woods that that in many ways is, is unique to Sydney is the the very rugged sandstone coastline punctuated by sandy beaches that that uh, capture the swell as it pumps in from the Pacific and the Tasman Sea, um, <clears throat> and something that 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 really and truly makes a difference to the way our sea behaves here is the the length of the waves the the period between peaks essentially the longer the wave period the more water's in the wave um and the faster it's going because it's traveled a a great distance with an enormous enormous amount of volume so it reaches our our cliffs and our beaches and unloads with almighty force so a, a meter and a half swell with a 12 or 13 second wave period is an absolute boat breaker for us kayakers whereas a two and a half meter swell with a seven second wave period is actually pretty good fun um, and it won't even get into half the beaches and half the landing spots that we have along the coast um, as well as that swell um, which is always around in sydney in varying degrees we, we get a sea that runs over the top of it so it's uh, it, as a weather forecasting place it's a it's a a part of the world where you get a forecast for the swell and a forecast for the sea. The swell is what's sitting underneath everything. Um, the the long period moving water that's come from storm systems a long way away, and the sea is the locally generated conditions, wind waves, uh, and and around our neck of the woods again they can get they can get pretty tall and steep, but they're the they're the fun waves. They're the ones we can go out and catch runners and and enjoy um, do our downwind paddling in in great style. We had a day last Thursday where the swell was a solid six metres. Now, you don't often hear us writing about or speaking about wave height and size or wind strength um, because anytime you do that, someone will say, oh yeah, well I've been out in 20 metres and 200 knots. It it becomes a bit of a... um, well, I guess a dick-waving competition, especially among blokes, to talk about who, who's been out in the biggest or the baddest stuff. But last Thursday genuinely had 
a six meter swell running. And with the way that very, very long period swell was working, it was somewhere between 13 and 17 seconds. So just have a little count there, you know. Here comes the wave, bang, start counting. One, two, three, four. 13 seconds later, you're getting to the, the next wave peak. Um, so the amount of water in that wave is phenomenal. And there's a formula that, that is a bit above my pay grade, which will also tell you how fast they're going when they're that big and that far apart. Something like uh, my good mate Andrew Reddy once, a scientist, once, once took the time to explain it to my, uh, to my very low attention span, something like 75 or 80 kilometres an hour when they get as big as that, which is something else. No wonder we can't catch them, right, when we're out there trying to, trying to run around in them. Um, so what that does around our part of the world, it, it starts to light up places that you could never imagine a wave breaking. In our local bay, uh, you've Cronulla, the Cronulla Wanda, Lura Beaches, Green Hills. Um, that suddenly goes from being a beautiful, big, um, open bay that looks like the friendliest place on earth into a series of shoaly bomboras that light up and break all over the place with ridiculous unpredictability. And barrel, you'll actually look out to see two kilometres and see a barreling wave. Now they're breaking on two elements. They're breaking on the size of the wave. Obviously a big tall wave rolls over the top of some shallow water and breaks just like it does on a beach. Or the scarier factor in the equation is the wave period. There's so much water going so fast that it piles up on itself and then it breaks, boom. And they are the sort of waves that can take down oil tankers in the, in the, in the, in the Southern Ocean. You know, they're, they're particularly scary things very powerful very unpredictable almost always breaking on the wave period the amount of sp space between so the, the question often is asked how how um how are we meant to get out there and experience that stuff in a safe way around sydney we're quite lucky in that we don't necessarily have to contend with surf to get out into some really big bad conditions if we are if we choose to do so we can get in through botany bay sydney harbour Pittwater, um port hacking um without without having to have a wave break over our heads or punch out off a beach to do it. And in some regards, that, that makes us a, 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 rare, um, a rare entity in the paddling world and that we get to go out and see some pretty scary, big, big conditions without paying the price that you have to pay in other places around Australia where that would mean surf in surf out i marvel at the surf uh, races in south africa for example where they have to punch out through three big breaks every time they get out there and back and and then come back in again at the end of it it, it must make them well they probably either go through a lot of surf skis or uh or they get very good at negotiating those sorts of uh a very you know very demanding um surf breaks i did a paddle with two very experienced mates a couple of years ago where we had a huge southwesterly wind. We were inside Botany Bay. In fact, we were 14 kilometres from the ocean when we started it. We had winds gusting between 44 and 55 knots, taking us from one little sandy beach through the two bridges that are in the Georges River, out across Botany Bay and landing on La Perouse. And uh, we, we kind of decided that was the cheeseburger run because it started at a um, very famous hamburger shop 
in Blakehurst, just underneath where the where the where the paddle began. And and it seemed like a cool name. We had some cameras going, we made a little video, and if you look at it, if you Google cheeseburger run surf ski, it does look like well, maybe it looks a little bit scary, but it looks like kind of good fun. Now the truth is there were moments of it that were fun, but there were also moments of it that were quite intimidating. Um, took every ounce of almost whitewater skill that I had, um, you know, moving water skill, bracing to, 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 to make sure I didn't end up getting tossed over and f- blown from wave to wave in wind that was that strong. And uh, I don't know that I would necessarily say that that's something I'm glad I did. Um, I can tell you all about it, but in hindsight, the three of us, and we all agreed, um, and none of us are particularly bothered by waves or wind or, 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 or demanding uh, sea conditions, that it probably wasn't the best idea. And, and yeah, we probably wouldn't do that again, um, which, which tells you something about what, what those conditions were. Now, we could have done the same run in, say, 30 knots, which is still a very serious wind, but not so serious when you consider it in terms of being inside a bay with a very safe shore to head to, with very little chance of anything going too wrong. And we would have had just as much fun. We would have caught just as many waves, had a nice time out there. Um, so this full-blown pushing it to the extreme thing, uh, when when there's water involved in the ocean and waves, it, it's something I am really quite dubious about. I, um, I wonder what the motivations are for pushing it through that sort of stuff. I hear the arguments about, you know, mankind pushing pushing the limits and... Who did you, who did you want? One of my, one of my good, one of my mates the other day. Who, who would you want landing the the moon, landing module when the fuel was running out? The the guy who was prepared to push everything human beings could do, or, or the fellow who wasn't into taking risks. And I, I do understand that. I get that. But, <clears throat> by the other, argument, we also have a responsibility, to all of the other paddlers, that enjoy doing what we do. If we decide to take on stuff like that, if we get ourselves into trouble and we have an outside agency come and um, and help us and rescue us, we draw attention to what we've been doing. We have questions asked about what we did and why we did it and were we equipped. And the the short road from there is is really, in many ways, justified regulation of our activity. Um, if we're not capable of making good decisions about marginal weather and being self-sufficient in our ability to get ourselves out of the problem if we get into it. Um, now that's not to say we shouldn't welcome a rescue when we bloody well need one because that's what they're there for, of course. But the I have a I have a theory that that um, you know ninety percent of paddling ex- accidents happen before you get off the beach. You've misread something. You haven't got your skier right. You haven't got your skill level right. You haven't got the weather right. You shouldn't have gone. And uh, when that's the reason for your problem at sea, um, you have to understand what that has as far as ramifications for the rest of us. Um, If people are taking on paddles like Bass Strait, which is, let's face it, um, certainly by the eastern route, a pretty cool, pretty cruisy paddle. You could, you can really, you really can paddle across that part of Bass Strait without ever seeing a wave if you've got lots of time and you're very patient. 
Um, and at the moment, it's something any any old Joe can go and have a go at. Um, you you would do well to be very well prepared because the better prepared you are, the more fun you're going to have. But take on something you're not prepared for, end up with some sort of an some sort of a, a, a widely covered event with an outside agency coming to get you, and before you know it, we'll have either a massive bond to climb Mount Everest, like the helicopter deposit you have to pay when you go to Mount Everest, or we'll face so much regulation for that particular enterprise that it'll be either something you need to be very wealthy to do, or somebody who can wade their way through piles of bureaucracy and and uh, and, 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 and negotiate to the satisfaction of the authorities. So my my point here, and I'm not sure how well I'm making it, I'm just sort of thinking out loud when I when I, I spotted those seas last week we had and wondered about what it would take to get out in the middle of it, why you'd wanna for starters, and what sort of an idea of your own abilities and skills, you what sort of judgments you would have made before you'd have a crack at it. Um, and I thought, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe sometimes we need to have a, a more universal look at these things. Consider the consequences for, for other paddlers, for other people, for, well, certainly for emergency services, you know, that those guys have to come and get you if, if something goes wrong. Um, and I suppose um, emphasise the the, the 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 humbleness you need to have when it comes to, to, to big water. Um, I I I don't have any time for people who who will tell me all about the massive seas they paddled or the massive wind they paddled in a in a kind of chest thumping way. Um, I I don't really get that. Um, I've paddled some pretty big stuff myself over the years but to me it's always been about it's always been about um, conditions that I've considered were well within my limits um, and I, 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 I'm not for one second into doing things that put me at any risk I have three kids and, and a mortgage and you know a family and and uh, I paddle for fun I don't paddle to uh, to prove anything um, so there you go, a few thoughts, a few thoughts, a few random thoughts. I, I sat on the cliff last Thursday. I looked out off Cape Bailey and Cape Solana. I took some photos, which were awe-inspiring, you know, to be there and get a few shots of it. Oh, my God, was it going berserk. And uh, whilst I have paddled in wind strengths like that um, and it's taken every bit of skill and... and uh, and ability I had to, to, to enjoy it, you know, not to be terrified out there, but to be in those conditions and actually kind of think it was good fun. Um, I sure as hell haven't been out in anything with that swell height and power and wind. And I can't imagine why anyone would, I must say. I can't imagine why anyone would. Um, be interested to hear what people think about that. There's a short podcast, this one, 15 minutes, a couple of random thoughts. Uh, I don't even know if I've made a lot of sense here. Um, but I am starting to see uh, maybe in the YouTube age, you know, maybe in the, the age of easy communication, people um, 
putting this stuff out as though it was something that, that, that everyone should be in awe of, like like the way whitewater paddling um, has been, to an extent, killed off by dudes who jump off waterfalls. You know, there was a time when whitewater paddling was about going up a river with your mates, doing a bit of grade three, maybe some grade four, camping, lighting a fire, swapping a few yarns and, and enjoying the whole experience. And that was a valid and... Uh, and worthy thing to do nowadays to me in whitewater it ain't valid unless you're going off a 200 foot high um waterfall and i know talking to whitewater paddlers that 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 they many of them feel that's a real shame um and i'd hate to see that happen to ocean paddling i really would um everybody has a has a, has the ability to, to get out there and paddle on the sea because it's not always hellfire and brimstone it's mostly beautiful absolutely beautiful stunning it's it's wilderness half a kilometer off the coast of the busiest city in australia you know anytime you like you might as well be on the moon some days and uh it's a it's a um it's a small margin we're on we have to remember our responsibilities to 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 rescue services to, to to our fellow paddlers who may as a result of our actions, wind up not being able to do the things that we love with the amount of freedom that we do. So there you go, rant over. I don't know if it was a rant, just some random thoughts. I've got, we've got the truth be told, we've got 20 something minutes left in our podcast quota this month. And I thought, you know what, I, I, I don't know how we talk about that, but I figured I'm just going to turn the mic on and, and uh, fire away. Bo Miles, if you're listening, mate, you inspired me to, to get on this and have a bit of a yarn. So there you go. Be really interested to hear people's thoughts. If you see this pop up on a feed and you want to have a chat, reply on Facebook, please feel free to do so. Be really interested to hear what people think about it. Thanks very much.